0: hey
1: what is going on everybody?
0: wow i'm hearing some what am i hearing i'm hearing i think somebody's phone <laughs> oh
1: no My yeah.
0: really that was hey. weird i'm hearing What's
1: this on,
0: feedback wow i'm hearing some how about now nope nothing now it's good now
1: yep it was probably that a company thing i was telling you about yep that's probably what there... it was <laughs> is that your soundboard yes i told you i have no idea how to run this thing yet came with no instructions it's absolutely amazing love timu (laughs) you know what my suggestion would be go over to youtube and punch
0: it in and learn how to uh learn how to use it that would probably that's what i did with this soundboard that i have and it's focus right that i have um so and it's great but i have to be honest um, it's a little finicky at times. Uh, so my ear my headphones don't actually plug into the soundboard. I have oh. to get an extension and oh. then plug it into the keyboard. And the problem was when the first extension I bought was um silver. and apparently silver doesn't work very well, so I had to get gold.
2: oh. oh. <laughs> sorry <laughs>
0: well it's not real gold obviously no, yeah, uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. really really super weird why why one works and one doesn't i just hey, i thank it,
1: god for youtube just well this god is it YouTube. right this it, yeah. like
0: it's super super weird well you know this is we we're gonna have a great show tonight we have uh you want to we'll get you to introduce her uh introduce your friend beside you or your aunt yeah. um, but there's a couple things that we need to talk about before we start obviously everybody saw the new uh promotion video for the global ghost hunt uh so we are obviously open to take signups so uh you can go over to uh globalghosthunt.com and sign up your team or your haunted location so uh getting ready for next april and may Right, it's gonna be a lot April, of fun.
1: May baby April twenty-fifth to May 5th.
0: Yeah, and I don't think I talk about this a lot, but next year I'm going to be in Arizona Tombstone, uh, for the global content. So I am going to be a speaker at the uh the tombstone uh paracon, wild mm-hmm. west paracon, and I'm also gonna be investigating Shefflin Hall.
1: That's gonna be awesome,
0: which it's
1: a wild if west people town.
0: don't know. Shefflin oh. Hall, you are not allowed to go into. Uh, so they are opening it up for me. But oh. I'm going to oh have... Wall. I'm going to be...
2: <laughs> oh! <laughs> yeah. Bow down. They're the opening
0: game. up for me. So they'll be actually the first real uh, live investigation that's going to be taking place there. Uh, now, the great thing is I'm going to be with uh, GTI, mm. Ghost Trip Investigations uh emmy's going to be there as well uh matt is going to be there with the Wicked queen and i invited somebody i invited somebody today as well um and i'll leave that further down the road on who that person is it's kind of a special guest kind of type of person so um, i spoke to her today and it's going to be a lot of fun to finally to finally meet her and uh, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun. And it's going to be a great investigation. I'm looking forward to meeting the guys from Ghost Trip Investigations. Yeah. So hopefully it will be very, very successful, uh, uh, especially on the UK side, because they have a lot of followers in the UK, being that they're from the UK. So yeah. uh, anyhow, other than that, um, there's a first tonight for us. Absolutely. On any shows that we've done, talking with the source through the lens, now crime documentaries. For the first time, we are live on Instagram.
1: Yes, we are.
3: Nice. So
0: if people don't know, you can now hook up your Instagram to StreamYard. Now, that's a little, it's in beta right now. Uh, They are having problems, apparently, with the show shutting off after an hour and then on top of that you have to uh, you basically have to set it up separately
1: yeah it's pretty weird it's actually a pain in the ass to be completely honest <laughs> but <laughs> and, as long as you have a computer you're straight but if you have a phone you cannot do it you have to yeah. do it through the computer and it's really a uh, pain because you have to get the key and put the key in but i mean you know what we made it happen and i'm glad we're live right now so hi to everyone are we
0: li- are we live on there right now
1: oh we are Oh, uh, we are eh.
0: Now I will let people know, and they tell us in StreamYard, we are unable to see the comments in the community chat here through StreamYard. So AJ does have it open, which is unfortunately you have to have the tab open in order for it to stay live. If you yep. close the tab, your live will close down. So uh yeah. So if there's any questions or anything like that coming from uh uh Instagram. AJ will let us know, and uh, we'll ask uh, we'll ask Anna uh, those questions if any of them come up. But AJ, you want to go? You want to go ahead and introduce our
1: guest? Yes, absolutely. So tonight we have on female correctional officer, my aunt Anna DeSorbo. Super happy to have you on.
3: Thank you for having me. Yeah.
1: So. So it's going to be a good night, but uh, I want you to ask the first question actually, because I know so much because I get to you know see it every day. So I kind of want you to ask the first question, to be honest.
0: Well, I think the first obvious question would be, what made you decide to become a correctional officer? Because I have to be honest, it's not a it's not a choice that a lot of people make, and it is- and especially and I'm not. And, People, please don't get upset when I say this. It's not something normally women choose to do, which I think is amazing. I think it's amazing that you're doing it. I wish more women would do it. But I understand women are not necessarily comfortable doing it because of the, unfortunately, the circumstances. So why don't you let us know how you actually got into the uh, becoming a correctional officer?
3: Well, I ask myself that every day. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs>
0: I knew that was coming. I knew um, that was coming.
3: Well, actually, this is my second career. I have been. I was in banking for a little over twenty years.
0: Wow! Yeah, that's
3: a that's a swap. It's a whole big team. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes.
0: A whole swap. Mm, well, yeah. you know, there's a, there is some kind of correlation. If you really think about it, because people rob banks,
3: and, and get I have been into through dicks. that too. So <laughs> I've been robbed, so I know how that is at gunpoint.
0: Yeah. Oh wow. So oh, it's wow.
3: you know, yeah. it's kind of here or there. Well, I guess you're not safe really anywhere. But um, but yeah. So after I left the bank, re- retired from the bank, um, looking around at jobs and just. The benefits and a retirement was just like, oh, you know what? I actually, I started doing it as for ha-has, never thinking I was going to pass any of, I figured the written test I could pass, but the agility test, I figured, huh. Nah, because I was 46 when I started that career. Oh, so. wow.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's great. I
3: wasn't, I was young by the time I got out of the bank and it takes a couple of years by the time you do your interviews and your testings and everything before you even get offered the, the job. So it's like, it's not quick, you know? Yeah. So that's how I actually did it. I was looking at the benefits and things they offered and I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. And that's. Here I am
0: 10 years later, 10 years old, 10 years. I remember AJ telling me that it's, it's been around 10 years since since you started. And that's, that's amazing. AJ.
1: Yeah. So I, uh, I wanted you to talk a little bit about, um, you said how you were robbed at, you know, gunpoint at the bank. So tell them, just explain that story quick about what happened that day.
3: Um, it was like mid afternoon and, uh, it was a quiet day. We're standing there and I was the, I'm the was the manager there. So here come in three guys with uh, stockings over their face and uh, igloo coolers, actually. And one jumped right over the counter and he kind of figured who I was and thought I could let him into everything. And uh, it was pretty scary. It, it The whole thing lasted probably less than three minutes, but I felt like it was a lifetime. Um, they tried to take my purse and I kind of fought that because... They would know where I live. They would, you know, they would know everything. Uh, so they took money out of all the drawers. They wanted me to open the vault, but it was on a timer, so I couldn't do that. So oh, they wow. they wound up leaving. Um, and they were caught like an hour later. <laughs> they were literally caught an hour later.
0: So uh, as we as we know, as, you know, people watching TV and movies and stuff like that, there uh, apparently there wasn't a lot of planning for an escape.
3: No no, no. 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 It was and it's it's crazy because where I was at that time was a highway there was access to the highway. I mean the highway was literally a hop skip and jump away but they decided to take the road so not thinking clearly they threw their gun out they threw the guns out the window. Um they took that little secret pack of money they're not supposed to take that explodes. So they they were really Oh, they
0: do do that, eh?
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's they good. did that's back cool. then. I don't know about
0: that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think uh like to be honest, here in Canada, there's not there's not a lot of bank robberies here in Canada. Like really, there's not. Like we might hear of one maybe once,
1: maybe twice a
0: year.
2: Mm. Oh, okay.
0: now, now I'm, like, I'm not saying it that it doesn't
1: it... what's that? It makes it part of Canada's history when someone robs a bank because everyone's normally just like, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's not <laughs> no, like that. I, know, I know, I know, but you know, a lot of times, uh a lot of times, the media doesn't necessarily want to cover that type of story, so mm-hmm. they don't always get out. Now, I will say they will cover that type of story, unfortunately, if somebody died.
3: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: which is really unfortunate, um, and it really, it really shows a. a It really shows a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, It really shows you what the media is really like and what they're really after. And that is, uh, and that's why I don't really watch the news anymore. Because, you know, whatever happened to the stories of uh, walking through the woods and you found a bunch of puppies running around and you saved them. You know, you don't, Mm -hmm. you don't hear stories like that anymore. The first thing you hear is either a car crash, a fire, or somebody dying in the yeah. first no. six or seven stories
2: yes
0: and then it's something pleasant you know yeah. so as a correctional officer what do you find is the most challenging part of your job uh being a correctional officer
3: um i think the the most challenging part <laughs> is the people you work with honestly
2: yeah.
3: um where I work, it's all, it's a level five. Uh, it's the highest security uh, prison in Connecticut, actually. Uh, all so, men.
0: Okay. So, what would be, a, sorry, to just cut you off there, what would be like a level five? Like, I don't know what that means because obviously I've never a, been to jail. So, I don't know. A level yeah.
3: five would be all of, most of the people that are not going home. They're there for life. Um, they're probably your worst of your worst. Murders, rapists, um, Gang yeah, a lot of gang members, lots of gang members. Yeah, sure. Um we actually have a whole unit of gang members. So yeah, it's it's um it's just the ones that are really never gonna go home for the most part, or they have a lot of time, 25, 50, 60 years, and they're come in at 18 and yeah. So
0: a day to day basis of dealing with these with these inmates, it it it's gotta have its challenges at times. It really does.
3: It definitely does, especially, I hate to say it, being a woman in the, they feel that they can talk to you some sort of way sometimes. They feel that they can push you around a little bit. Um, I think the key to working in that, in any prison, really, or dealing with people that are unfortunately locked up almost 24 seven, can't, you know, Mm -hmm. they're never going home. They're, stuck living in an, in pretty much a bathroom you know there's a toilet and a bed and a sink and they're all kind of together with another person so they're they're agitated and upset and pretty much depressed most of the time but mm. if you can speak with them if you can if you have that way of talking to them and being able to calm them down and not yell back at them or start off calling them all kinds of names. Cause a lot of them do a lot of people, they get this job, they get a badge and then they figure they could do whatever they want to do. But in in facilities, you can't do that. You know, you have to give respect to get respect. And as a woman, I find that that works the best for me. You know, Hmm. I'll start with the respect and then if you want to, if they return it, then fine. But if I have to turn it up with them, you know, then that's what we do. You know, the one thing is never to show them that you're afraid, no matter how afraid you are, (laughs) don't show them that you're afraid. You know, you have to stand your ground because once you back down from them, it's, it's over.
0: Mm. Interesting. Interesting. AJ.
1: Um, Yeah. I wanted to ask, what are some of the ways that you cope emotionally with working in a prison all day long I mean, speak about how many hours that you work, I mean, every day. I mean, it's just disgusting. I mean, talk about it. I mean,
3: yeah, I mean, most of our shifts are 8 hours. We do get mandated a lot. Um so there's plenty of times where you're working out of your 5 days on, you're working 3 of them as 16-hour shifts straight through. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um wow. snowstorms, holidays, um Super Bowls, all those are what we call draft days. So If you go to work for your eight hours you better prepare to be there for 16 because that's usually what happens um coping with it is some days it's easy some days it's very stressful um coming home i have grandchildren so seeing them seeing my family spending time home that that kind of helps me a lot i try not to take the job home which is hard Mm -hmm. also um but Sometimes you have to vent it out. But yeah, pretty much just, I only get two days off. So I work that Monday through Friday and I I get Saturday and Sunday off, but that's, I make that Saturday and Sunday count.
0: Yeah, of course you would have to. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So so I try to make that count and do as much as I can.
0: Wow. That's, that's, uh, I can, I, I, to be honest, like when AJ told me, uh, that you're coming on the show, I like the first thing that came to my mind is, you have to be a certain kind of person to do that job. You you really do. So I'm actually kind of curious because you said something earlier about uh, getting respect and earning that respect uh, from them and them with you. Uh, so what are so what are your approaches when, to use when you have to de-escalate a conflict? Uh, between inmates. What is your strategy?
3: Um, I haven't really had too many issues with inmates. I mean, I've had a couple. Um, Again, how you act is how your block usually runs. So if you walk around being an idiot and calling these guys' names and screaming and yelling, you're going to have a really hard shift. Please don't tell tell me that
0: happens. Please tell me that doesn't happen.
3: Right. I mean...
1: Go on, myself, Go ahead. Sorry. It, I wanted to know, does it happen?
3: It does happen. Really? Absolutely. Yes. Wow. It does happen. It happens a lot. Um, but I mean, I've had to break up a couple of fights and before it's gotten to the fist fighting, once they start hitting each other, I back out and wait for help. I don't. But once they're like yelling and you can see they're getting heated. I try to go over there and say, you know, hey, look, guys, relax. What's going on? You know, we don't want to do this. You're going to you know, lock down the whole block. No one's going to be happy. Let's talk about this. I try to separate them, try to get one to lock up, talk to one. And then usually they, it depends on how far they are into the issue or what the issue is. There's some people, that, some of them guys, they don't care. They're going to do it no matter what. Um, but I have had some success also with the approach of hey you know what you're going to lock down the whole block these guys aren't going to be happy let's see what we could do to fix this um if i have an inmate that comes to me and he's freaking out about something usually nine out of ten times i can get them to calm down because i'll help them you know if it's something i can do for you i will do it you know just hey calm down tell me what the problem is if it's someone i can call if i can talk to a lieutenant just let me take it the chance, relax, calm down. And most of the time it will work where some of the people there, or I should say most of the people there that aren't don't, but that's not my problem. That's your mm. problem. Figure it out. And just offering them help goes a long way. Yeah.
1: Cool. AJ. So you've been there for 10 years now and I want you to talk real quick about what you're actually doing now and how it's helping the inmates And rehabilitation, because I think it's very important, the area that you're in right now.
3: Yes. Right now, I am, uh, we have an American vet dog program where we actually have puppies that come into the facility and the guys, the inmates, work with them and get them prepared to go with a veteran at the end of their cycle. So they come into the prison about eight weeks old and they leave about 14 months old.
0: Oh, wow. And the that's, inmates, that's a it, long time.
3: It is. And the inmates train them. They teach them all their basic commands. They teach them um, how to open up a refrigerator, how to open up doors, how to get food out, how to do laundry, put laundry in a dryer. Um, It's it's amazing. And I have 22 guys in the program. I'm in charge of that program right now. So I work with those 22 guys every day. Um, They do three training classes a day with me. Um, I take the dogs to the vet when they need to go to the vet. Um, It's an awesome program. And we usually get to see the veteran get the dog, which is awesome. And uh, by the time they leave us, they're fully trained.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And the inmates
3: love it. They feel like they have a purpose. Um,
0: And that's what I was -hmm. going to say. It makes them feel, and it's almost like gives them a, you know, even though they're locked up for, you know, their the rest of their lives or whatever mm-hmm. that may be, um, they feel like they still have a little bit of a touch for the outside world. Yes. Because and I think I think that's amazing. And I and I've always uh, and I've heard about this program. I've always supported this program. I think it's an amazing program. I don't think we do something like that in Canada, but mm-hmm. I know it's done in the States a lot because I always see. Uh, videos on it or TV yeah. shows on it. And I think it's really cool. Now, just getting back to um, um, uh, your job.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: if And this, this would probably be more of a question at the end of the show, but I'm going to ask you now because I'm, I'm actually really curious. If somebody wanted to get into doing what you're doing, what would be the steps or procedures that they need to do to become a correctional officer?
3: Basically, just that they just have to go online to um, it is um, what was what's the thing? In
1: Connecticut, it's ct.gov. Is CT,
3: yeah, I believe it's the ct. They've changed it so many times, but if they go on to ct.gov, um, they'll see there's correction officers and they're always looking for correctioners. You know, correction officers. We're always short staffed, we always need people. Um, if you apply online, then they what they do is they'll get back to you and they set you up with all of these different dates like the first one would be the written test and then and, um you have to do an agility test and that's changed quite a bit since I've gone through it um it's a lot easier now when mm-hmm. i went through it it was more like you were in boot camp it mm-hmm. was crazy but um and then they set up an interview So if you pass, as you pass, they'll continue to email you with the next date of something. You know, you get to pick, but they'll um, email you with the next step and then you just pick a date and you do that. You pass that. They email you with the next step. Back when I was doing it, it took me exactly two years to get in with all of the tests. And yes, I didn't think I was ever going to get it. And then one day I got a call and they were like, hey, you know, this is Lieutenant so-and-so. you still interested. And I was like, wow, I forgot. Yeah. I forget, <laughs> you
0: know? Hey, guess what? I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. It's like,
3: <laughs> even when you pass everything and you did everything yeah. right, you still had to wait. So yeah. it was crazy. So what is
0: And that's that's awesome. I love it. So what was your first day like? When you got there, what like you had to been ner- nervous a little. Oh bit. Oh my god! Right? Yeah. Well,
3: we we at first you go through ten week academy. Okay. So you're in class and you're doing um you're doing drills and you're doing you know like um all kinds of stuff. We're fighting. We're rolling on the ground. We're learning moves. We're doing all that stuff. So, so the first time I walked into the the prison, thinking, okay, well, when they told me where I was going, I was like, okay, well, I've never heard of this place. I don't even know where this place is, but okay. Um, so thinking now they're telling me, oh, it's a high level security, you know, I'm thinking, okay. So I go in the first day and I'm standing outside the front doors and I'm looking around for like something to buzz or try to get in. And I see the like, people walking past me and I'm like, so I, doors are unlocked. I just walk right in. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. But when you walk through those doors and then you walk through this vestibule of and those doors slide and close behind you, the hair on the back of your neck stands up, and it it does every single day because you never know what you're walking into. Mm. Where I am, you're walking side by side with inmates all day. They are out and about going to school, going to class, going to programs. They have church. They have um, everything. You name it, they Mm. go to it. So they're walking around the halls just like you are. So wow. you're just pretty much walking around with all the inmates wow. all day long. So it's not like they're locked up where we are. They're not. They're you know they have certain times that they're locked up, but all day they're out and about. So wow. they go to gym. They you know it's it's
1: yeah. <laughs> Interesting, AJ. Yeah, no, it's really scary if you think about it, because it's like, you know, these people, they're lifers, and they're out and about, some of them, and they're walking side by side you, and if some of them are in a gang or something, or they get a call, and they have to hurt somebody, it's like, you know.
3: It's happened, yeah, it has happened. They do like gang initiations, so we sometimes we get caught up in that. One of their initiations is assault a correctional officer, so it has happened. Yeah. And some of them, you know, they get to know us as well and they don't want to do it. But if they know if they don't do it, it's probably going to be a lot harder for them to deal with not doing it opposed to doing it. So that happens a lot.
0: Is there with that initiation? Is there. Is there like. um they have to. They actually pick the officer because I can imagine. Maybe I'm wrong, but I can imagine with you being there, they're more likely to pick a male over a female. Not. It, or does it really matter?
3: It doesn't matter. They'll just be like, "Okay, tonight you're going to do this." And and unfortunately, I have a, a a someone I became really good friends with there, and he's just like me. He's really, you know, he's good with the inmates. He. You know, help out whatever he can. It just so happened that he came in for overtime one night, and he was in the wrong block, and they there was some sort of initiation going on, and he's lucky to be here today. And it so it doesn't really matter who you are if these guys are going to do it, they're going to do it. Um, they there's a big mental health facility, so again, you have a lot of guys on on med- medications. Um, if they choose not to take their meds, then you might walk into a problem and not realize it either because they do have that choice. Mm. So they can say, I, I don't want my meds tonight. And then what you're thinking of you're going into could be a totally different scene. So it's you have to be on your toes at all times, even to the guys that you're you're familiar with, you know, and you have a good uh, rapport with you just you never know.
0: That's interesting. Very interesting. So you talked about mental health a little bit there. What what, what strategies do you use for your mental health um and working in a correctional facility every single day? It must be it might it must be quite stressful. So what do you how do you deal with that personally yourself?
3: Um it's I mean, it's it's hard. Like I said, I I do a lot with the grandkids and stuff when I'm not in there, when I am in there, my approach is I don't take anything there from the outside. So when I go in every morning, I start my day like, okay, here we go. This is, you know, I've been the same exact person for 10 years, which has helped me a lot. Mm. I smile, I laugh, I joke. I, you know, I talk to these guys like regular humans. Um, So I try not to get really stressed there. There are times and there are situations where days are harder than others. I'm not going to lie. Coming home, you know, you want, I scream, I yell, you cry because it. sometimes it is very stressful. Um, these guys can make or break your day. Um, you know, I always tell my family, we don't lock them up. They lock themselves up and they let us go home. You know, they have full control Mm. because there's, we're outnumbered and they know that no matter how many of us are there on a daily basis. So when I go in there, I try to go in there with a positive attitude and I try to spread that, you know, to them so that they're, when I go in, they know, okay, you know, she's here. We're going to have a good day because she's not going to bother us. She's not going to, you know, and I don't, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, it's a nice smooth day and everybody goes home.
0: That's great. That's great. AJ.
1: What are some of the things that you guys do? Um, to make sure that contraband and certain things don't enter the prison or enter the facility in certain blocks? Or is there a way that you guys monitor in
3: any way? I mean, they, as far as visitors and stuff like that, they have to go through a metal detector before they come in. Um, with the inmates, I mean, we do pat them down. Um, if after a visit, they do get strip searched, you know, by the men, mm-hmm. um, but, basically there we don't really have any type of other than a pat search we have nothing no way to control it um and unfortunately it's huge right now in the facilities we have lots of um drugs coming in cell phones lots of stuff so it's been difficult
0: so from from your perspective what changes or improvements could be made within the correctional system uh, that would benefit both officers and inmates
3: um i think that they they really need to give us the responsibility of running our blocks um when i first started we we were able to do that we were able to lock these guys up if they were acting stupid you know um take away their wreck okay, you're not going to the gym today. You're not doing this. And unfortunately, as administration changes, they take more and more away from us. So our power is almost nothing now. So when we go into a block and these guys know, oh, we can act up today because she can't lock me up and she can't take this away from me anymore and she can't do this. So it. I think that that needs to go back to not so much old school way, But at least letting us as CEOs run our blocks the way we need to run them. Um, There's a lot of us there that know what we're doing, how to how to make a block run better. But they took they take a lot of our power away. Um, I think they need to do a little bit better as far as rehabilitation with these guys, too. Um, they do do college courses in schools and, and they have like trades where they could do woodworking and industry stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, they do commissary. They do have a lot of jobs, but what I think what, what the prisons need is something to be able to say to these guys, okay, here's all your tools. Here's what you need to go out onto the streets and do what you need to do is they're pretty much going out blind. They don't get that, yeah. you know, they're, they're getting dressed and they're going home. And some of them have been there for 25 years that don't even have a driver's license yet because they came in at 16 or 15 or, so they get scared. You know, a lot of them will t- tell you, they'll be like, I'm going home in a couple of weeks and I don't, I'm afraid, I don't know what to do. I don't even know what a computer mm. is like. I don't know what a cell phone is like. So I think going forward, the, that that needs to be changed, that they really do need to kind of educate these guys on going home and, and what you're going into, because sometimes it's not, it's safer in there than I feel safer out here. Sometimes, you know, it's like, you know, your devil and what you're going into, but out here on the streets and stuff, you don't know, you know, it's,
0: yeah, that's tough. Are- I, I can't even imagine you're you're locked up for you know 35, 40 years and then you're coming out to a, a completely different world. And yes. with technology and everything, it's 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 and is is like I heard I don't know the actual numbers, but I've actually heard that people that do leave the correctional system, mm-hmm. once they leave, they they actually and and this is horrible they either they either recommit because they want to go back or they actually commit suicide
3: yes because yeah. they
0: don't know what to do and they don't know how to handle that and i mm-hmm. think i think for myself personally i think it would be so beneficial for the inmates that are are going to be released that they go through these types of classes Absolutely. that what the real world is about right now because mm-hmm. i can't even imagine what it would be what it would be like for them um, oh. but at the same point, you have to think, well, they put themselves in there in the first place, so yes. you kind of got to look at both sides. I know there's a lot of like there's a show on um it's on Netflix. There's a guy that tours all these jails. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but um, he tours the worst jails in the world.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, and, I yeah.
0: yeah, and it's actually a really, really super cool show. And and he was interviewing people that were being released and had been there for like 25 years. And they were scared shitless. They had no idea what they were going to do when they left. But then I think, okay, well, if they're being released and if they don't have any family, where did they go?
3: Yeah. That's the thing. Where did they, they go? Usually they have to have some, some sort of a sponsor, a place to go. Okay. But um, if they don't, they're pretty much released on the street. That's it.
0: And what, is, what do they do? Like I, they're gonna be homeless. It like I think it's, it's I think our system, like I don't know about the system in the states. I know what it's like here. The system here is horrible, and I'm sure the system in the states is not any better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I always wonder that if they don't have any family, what happens to them? So yeah. that that my feeling is maybe that's why they end up taking their life because or recommitting and getting sent back
3: mm-hmm. yes um, there's been it's... quite a few people that have come back since I've been there um and just because they don't know what to do they don't know how to make money any other way than the way they made it before they came in mm. so you know they're not looking to make their money um slowly they need to make it fast because they do need a place to live or they do need to you know, feed themselves. So Mm -hmm. to go get a job, you still have to wait a couple of weeks. But if I go back and I do what I was doing, I can get money right now. So that's a lot of them. Um, And going back to what you had said about, they got themselves in there. That's true. Um, I have met a lot of inmates that did come in at the age of 15, 16, and now they're 40 something, 50 something going home. And, you see the way they have changed. Um, Like I've seen them for my 10 years being there and you see how not all of them, but some of them will mature. They better themselves. They get their uh, high school education. They take college courses. They take everything they possibly can to go home with the tools that they need to get a job um and there's a lot of them that will sit around and play cards all day and basketball and they don't even care if they go home or not so you get both sides and and mm. i i get that yes at maybe 15 or 16 you killed somebody and now you're here you did but now you're you're 50 and you want to go home and you want to have a family and you want to do the right things and so it's hard you know you, you kind of mm. you feel bad on one end of. You know one aspect of it, and then on the other aspect of it, you say, "Well, look what you did to this poor person who didn't have a choice." Mm. So it's it's kind of hard.
0: Yeah. So has there has there been a specific moment during your ten year career as a correctional officer that's that impacted your life in some way, personally um, or emotionally?
3: With with the inmates, you mean, or?
0: Well no is there like yeah is there has there been a specific moment on the job where it really impacted you emotionally or um mentally or whatever it may be
3: There there was uh one I mean we see a lot of fights um yeah. in the beginning that used to really bother me too because I wasn't used to all of that and you know they use weapons so it can get a little crazy um but I think the one that really impacted me the most was when when one of the inmates committed suicide Mm. Um, because we do have a lot of that also. Um, And running to that code was your adrenaline is kicking up, first of all, because, you know, when they call it, you already know what it is. So you're running to that, but to go in and actually see somebody hanging and and it's, that was, that was rough. That one was rough.
0: And those are, and those are things that you never get rid of.
3: No. No, nothing I ever thought I would see, honestly,
2: yeah.
3: you know, even going into the prison. I'm like, I know it happens, but but then you realize that, well, every other day it's something, you know, and, and you think you've seen it all until maybe the next day. And so it's. Yeah, yeah I cool.
0: agree.
1: Yeah. AJ. Uh, no, it's wild. Um, I wanted to ask, what are some of the ways that they will make um certain weapons in there if they don't have anything to really make them with? Like, how do they make them? What do they do?
3: Um, They find ways they're around a lot of things. Um, especially like industries when they all work, they are around a lot of tools, a lot of wood. And, you know, the biggest thing is mm. toothbrushes, you know, they'll sharpen the edge of their, the bottom of their toothbrush and make it nice and pointy. Um, they'll use pencils, pens. Uh, they have, brooms they have mops they have lots of things that and we do not have anything we do not carry weapons we do not carry spray we don't carry anything in our units so it's just us and a radio and some handcuffs and they have like all of these tools around them mopping the floor sweeping the floors um that's that's why I say we're, we're totally outnumbered. With, yeah. So, with them. And
0: that's obviously for safety reasons, right? Because if they allowed right. you to carry a gun, that could be a real, that could yeah. be a real issue, especially if you're, you're manhandled and they get the gun off and you, right? So I, yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Uh, yeah. AJ, you want to read Anna's
1: question? Yeah. Um, so Pam Harris asked Anna, do any of these inmates talk to younger generations to help them deter their life in a different direction?
3: They do. Um, it's more of the older guys that have been there for like when they came in as teens and they're there for 30, 40, 50 years, they will take a lot of the young kids and they will take them under their wing and they'll try to set them in, you know, to go the right way. It's, it is hard because when they, they come in as kids at 18, they feel like they have to be tough and they have to start a fight because they want to show that they're not afraid. but we do have a lot of inmates that are willing to take them under their wing and and they do help them. And it's, it's great. I, they don't actually have a program, which I think they should, um, but they don't have any types of programs like that. It's just if they decide they want to do that,
0: they yeah. will do it. I've seen a program on I think it was on A&E um, where they brought in troubled youths that were getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. And they brought them in to straighten their lives out and see the reality. I think that's of prison. a great idea. Honestly, yeah.
3: I think the kids today might benefit from that. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: I, I, I definitely, I definitely agree. Um, that would be an excellent program. Uh, for them to do and i don't know why more jails or prisons don't do that and i i kind of understand well in one aspect i kind of understand because funding is the government really doesn't do a lot of funding Mm -hmm. uh for prisons Mm -hmm. it's like throw them in prison and throw away the key and forget about them that's kind of the mentality which is Mm -hmm. really unfortunate because i don't care what they've done they're
3: still people that's it they're human you know yep, i i can't so tell cool. you how many times a day i get thanked by them for treating them as a human being i'm like well wh- that's what you are you know regardless of why you're in here that my job is not to punish you you've already been punished my job is to make sure you do what you're supposed to be doing <laughs> and that's it so but they always oh my god you like treat us like human beings it's it's so nice that that we actually have someone here that will talk to us and help us. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's just something that people should be doing anyway. That's just the way I see it. You know, we're not there to judge them or punish them.
0: Uh, I'm not sure if you can talk about this, but it it is a question that I wrote down. Um, Are there protocols when it comes to uh, safety for the correctional officers? like is there certain protocols that you guys have to abide by or the inmates have to abide by to keep you guys safe
3: um there is there is um nothing that i could really talk about okay but we we, they do have they do have them um you know uh, sometimes the inmates will tell us like you know if our protocols aren't really being kept up or things start to get a little um, like holiday time, let's put that, let's say that for holidays. Now the inmates get depressed. They, they get a little antsy. Um, they can't be home with their family. Um, sometimes we're really short staffed over the holidays. So they get locked up a little bit more. Um, so that brings out a lot of stress and anger towards us because they, they, feel like, well, you're getting to go home with your family and we're not kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, but when it gets a little crazy and, you know, we feel like, okay, well, we don't feel safe going into the prison and, and doing this, the inmates will also feel unsafe. We'll get inmates that will come up to us and say, hey, you know, what happened to safety and security? Because we don't even feel safe in here. Yeah. So they they see that as well. When everybody starts to get lax on that um, administration or, you know, safety and security is not being followed, they they also don't like it because the, now they don't feel safe either.
0: Interesting. And just to follow up uh, Pam's question, uh, have you actually seen a change for someone for the better? Uh, absolutely
3: doing, yeah absolutely yes i've seen quite a few and like i was saying before in my program i have 22 guys and um the majority of them are they're i got a couple that aren't going home in there and it has changed these guys it has made them so humble and appreciative and like they have this purpose in life and they want to give back to the community and this is their way Of giving back to the community so they it's just humbled them i have uh, you know gang members that are in the in the program and they cry you know they the puppy comes and they cry or the puppy leaves they cry and they're on the ground and they're playing with these dogs and and you're just like wow you know it's it's something to see You wouldn't expect to
0: see that. uh, And I know that obviously being a correctional officer, you got to have certain standards and you got to think certain ways. But in some ways, you, you must get a little bit emotional, too, when you see these inmates crying after they've trained this dog and the dogs are leaving and oh must, my god it must be so fulfilling for you. It's
1: terrible. Oh, I know no even talk about it. Are you can have to bring every single one of them I home. Know. I want to bring all the dogs home with me. <laughs> hey if you did
3: you
0: wouldn't have to do any more chores by the sounds of it because they do everything for you.
3: <laughs> I know they will they'll do everything it's it's tough. It is tough. I mean you we have inmates that come and go and um you know we had i just had one leave the program he went home he um he was in since he was a kid and i've known him since day 1 when i started in the facility because he was in the block that i started with and um he was in my dog program and watching him mature from a kid to a grown up to this dog program to be ready to go home to already have jobs lined up before he walked out of there and and people lined up to help him and When he left, I almost felt like he was one of my children um, because he was still young. And um, I I said to him, you know, and even he said, you know, if I could hug you, I would. He goes, because you have helped me through so many hard times with my grandmother dying and my mom being in the hospital and just being there to able to talk to them and get them through a lot of their things in life that, you know, we can come home and talk to our family with, but they don't really have anybody, you know? Mm. so. When he left, I I felt kind of like happy, you know, and and glad for him. And I was like, please don't come back. You know, Um, you've gone so far. And and for them to tell me that I was a big part of that, you know, is it's a big deal. It it is. I mean, yes, you work in in a prison with with criminals and you work with bad people, but they're not all. Horrible, terrible people. Some people are in there for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, you know, it's it happens or they're Every, in there for protecting yeah. their family.
0: I, I'm I'm one of those. Everybody makes mistakes and we all deserve mm-hmm. a second chance. And um, unfortunately, some of them are not going to get that second chance. Right. Um, which is the unfortunate part. But yeah. at the same time, they, you know, they still did it. Um, yes. And you know, you I guess you can only feel so bad for them, right? And, right.
3: And that's well, you know, that's the thing. There's, you know, again, and I said sometimes it's hard because some of them were are in there for protecting their kids or protecting their family. And unfortunately, with the way the system works, they're in there for actually, you know, I understand they killed somebody. I get that, but you were protecting your family. Mm. So it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard. You got to understand that side of it. But then I also understand the other side of it because now you have a family who's lost somebody. So
1: yeah,
3: it's hard.
0: Yeah. AJ.
1: Yeah, no, I wanted you to talk about um, some of the talents that you've seen in some of these guys oh. that you've worked with. I mean, I've gotten to see some talents and I tell you, I mean, even just some things on the internet, you can see with people making ramen noodles and some crazy <laughs> shit with Doritos. Mm-hmm. With, yeah, uh, with a piece of gum wrapper. But, but
3: talk about some of the... No, am a MacGyver. Very, yeah, I'm a
1: MacGyver. Have you ever heard yeah. of MacGyver? Yes.
3: Very true. Very yeah. true. They can, yeah. The way they cook, they have hot pots and, you know, they have other things that they're not supposed to have too. But they make some meals out of ramen noodle soup and, um, pieces of meat from their dinner. And they can just make gourmet meals. I see some of the stuff go by and I'm like, wow, that smells good. I'm looking at, I'm like, what is that? And they'll tell me how they do it. And, um, but the talent that some of these guys have, they can make things out of tin foil. And I've seen guys make purses, like actual purses for women, wallets, um, animals boats uh i have a big boat in my office that one of the inmates made um with all the puppies on it and it's it's just it's a boat out of like popsicle sticks and stuff that they do and it is it's amazing at some of the mm. stuff and we have painters in there they can paint some pictures oh, with man. just with colored pencil you would think that this was an artist that was yeah. painting these pictures it's just it's know- amazing.
0: Yeah, it's, it's you know, while you're talking about that in the prison and the outside life, I, I started thinking about something that I find really, really odd. And I don't know if you can answer this question. You might not even have an answer for this. But I'm always curious on why some of these, you know, these inmates get these fans that write them and want to marry them and want to be in their life somehow. And it the, like it always baffles my mind. There was a real there was a uh I can't recall his name, but there was a, quite a famous person that he was in the jail, he was in the in the system, and he was getting all these fan letters that people wanted to, these women wanted to marry him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where does that come from? Like this person committed murder, and you're writing to him because you want to be in a relationship with them. What is, I'm sorry, I'm going to say this. What is mentally wrong with you?
3: (laughs) It's It's true. I mean, we all say the same thing. Like even when they, people come to visit them, they have all these young girls and they're, they are beautiful girls and they're coming in and they're, you know, they're seeing someone who's there for 25, 30 years. And I always say, why, you know, why are you I don't know. I don't know what it is. I wish I could answer that question, but we see it all the time. And I have seen three marriages in the facility since I've been there. So and they
0: and did they know each other before they went in?
1: No. Or see, this is it baffles me. Yo, yeah. it's crazy yeah. that the jail allows to have a wedding for it. They do. They do. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine me. Playing the fucking crazy game. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine me
0: there's a woman in jail and me writing to this woman and, you know, expressing my love for her and knowing that she's going to be in there for the rest of her life. Like yes. what yes. is wrong with people? Like, I think on the flip side of that, maybe you should be in there too.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, there's the guys there. They're like, Oh, my girlfriend, this, my girlfriend, that. And I'm like, you know, Oh, that's nice. How long you been together? Oh, I just met her uh, over a phone call. And I'm like, Oh, okay so how's that working for you you know i don't know and they're like oh yeah when i get out we're gonna get a house and we're gonna and i'm like oh all right well.
0: are they allowed that, special I mean, vis- are they allowed special visits
3: no I know what that, I mean. <laughs> when i first started we did we had a few oh, um yes and wow. it was only like four they were kind of grandfathered in because they were been there for a long time um and it was weird. It was a little weird because we have to go and check on them and we have to, you know, a little scary, too, because you never know what you're going to walk into. You know, who knows what's going to they kind of have a it was kind of like a, a secluded area, kind of like a little um, almost like a set up like a hotel room. You know, they had a little kitchenette. They have. A bedroom. They had a living room. So it it was, yeah, it's, it was weird. I'm kind of glad they ended that because that was a little freaky for me. I, you know, being a female walking back there to check on, you know, this guy with his family. Knock, knock. Are yeah. you yeah. <laughs> yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? So I'm kind of glad that's gone now. So and they're I not. Mean, but uh,
0: I'm kind of knocking, and that's the, that awkward moment of knocking well, you and saying, are you finished yet like yeah
3: that's yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Like, this opposite, is weird you know
3: he freaked out and killed them all and now you're walking into this you know like oh my god
0: yeah, you know well, god
3: forbid
0: but that uh that i understand why they got rid of that yeah. particular thing because it could be it could have been somebody coming in that's meeting this guy for the first time and who's to say that guy's not gonna you know do her in because he gets he gets satisfied he gets satisf- he gets satisfied for that yes. you know yeah. and yeah. you never know like that's just that's just setting the prison up for a lawsuit oh
2: yeah <laughs> oh. Oh, you oh, know yeah. like
0: it did like the parents are suing the prison because they allowed the girl to go in there and go yeah. into a special room and mm-hmm. she got killed
3: yeah yeah because don't you like don't it, need
0: too. a weapon to kill someone
3: no no Nope. <laughs> definitely like... don't <laughs> <laughs> nope. so
0: pam so i uh, i know pam you asked this question it is in the description that uh, where she works at um if you can say where you work again uh you work at two prisons right
3: well there are two prisons but they're actually one um i work at um McDougal walker in suffield
0: okay. okay okay
3: so that it's two different prisons but um they consider us as one so if we work at McDougal, we can also work at Walker. So they mm, kind of flip-flop us sometimes.
0: Wow. This is this has really been insightful. I've learned a lot on this particular show, more than I probably needed to know to be <laughs> <thoughtful>. <laughs> yeah.
3: and listen. It's if you ever want to work there, it's an interesting job. Your days are never dull. Um yeah. You yeah. never know what you're going into. You know. I think I'm.
0: I think I'm way past that point. Well, of course, you you started. You started at the age of. I think you said 46, right?
3: 46. Yeah. So. So you know, it's. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I like the distance.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, you're there. I mean, I'm here. <laughs> we to do to get your benefit like your pension now. Now it's 25, but when I was when I started, we only have to do 20. So oh, wow. I'm thinking I still have a 10, 10 years to go if I want to get my full pension, but we'll see. It's a long time.
0: That is a long time.
3: It is. It is. Uh, but it'll bring me to like retirement age if I really yeah. want to say that. Well, if
0: you, you think about it, you were in the banking for 20 years, then you're going to be in the, uh, correctional officer for 20 years. I think you're, I think you're going to be due time for, you know, kick back those feet and say, <laughs> yeah. fuck it, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. done
3: and sometimes when. <laughs> sometimes it feels like we're doing time cuz we're there and we're yeah
0: and i thought about that because of the fact that when you say your first day the doors are closing behind you and you get that nervous hair standing at the back of your mm-hmm. it's almost like it's it's got to somewhat feel like you're actually kind of locked up yourself
3: yes it is it, and i mean the, the the inmates they get to make phone calls they get to have their tablets they get lots of things um we don't get to use our phones we don't get to talk to anybody at home nothing so you are kind of locked up because we don't get anything of the outside world while we're inside the prison so yeah, yeah. it's 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 hard and it's not a bright and cheery place either i mean it's pretty you know dingy and depressing and you make the most of it that's the best that's the best you can do is you make what you you know the best of what you have to work
0: with and yeah and like i said at the beginning of the show you have to be you have to be a special or certain kind of person to do this job and and it's true um Mm. i don't think i would be able to do it to be honest as much as it seems intriguing and you can hear my dogs going a little bit crazy sorry Uh, folks That's right. uh, Uh, yeah
1: door waiting for her right now
3: yeah he, he's whining and crying for me right now
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh i really appreciate you coming on today's show and 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 taking some time out to to talk about your career and it's been really insightful and i've had a lot of fun and yeah no
3: thank you for it's, having me. it's
0: been great and is there anything you want to say aj before we go
1: no uh, i just want to say that um you know i think the reason why she's that special kind of person to work in this this industry is because, you know, she had my father as a brother who was in and out of jail his whole life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then me with my legal problems when I was younger. And she's always been great at handling situations like that. And I think that if there is anybody handling these inmates, I would rather see her do it than anybody else because the way that she treats people is beyond great than anything else. She's always doing something for somebody else, never doing it for herself. And um, it's just amazing to see. So, yeah, that's great.
0: And thank you again for coming on today's show. So, we were right, um, when it comes to Instagram, we I think I said at the beginning of the show, yeah. Um, so apparently StreamYard is still having a problem with Instagram because uh apparently StreamYard is actually reached out to Instagram because for some reason, when it comes up to an hour, the show stops on Instagram for some reason. Um, but keeping in mind that uh, this is still in beta for yeah. uh, Instagram. So it did shut down and sent out a notice that it did shut down, but we got most yeah. of the show in. So that's great. That's and awesome. uh, mm-hmm. uh, I've had a lot of fun. And again, I want to say thank you for coming on today's show. Well, and, thank you for uh, having
3: me. It was nice meeting you.
0: Yeah, it was very, very, very nice meeting you. I've heard, yeah. I've heard a lot about you, especially oh, over the last week. All good. Oh, things. Boy. All good things. All <laughs> good things. So, um, yeah, thank you again yeah, for coming. You on. have
3: to be a special person to to have a nephew like this too.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine um, <laughs> only because um, some days um, I'm reminding AJ about a particular thing because he's forgotten about it.
3: Oh no! Oh no! No! No!
0: no. <laughs> never. never. He never no. forgets about anything. <laughs> no, but AJ's AJ's been a blessing, and it's kind of funny how we met AJ or how I met AJ because there, and it's kind of funny because it kind of correlates uh, with the inmate thing uh, yeah. because uh, yeah. uh, there was a guy that was um, frauding everyone on who he was. And he was playing, he was basically leading a double life telling oh, wow. everybody yeah. that he was a psychic and a medium and he wasn't, he actually oh, spent time I, in uh, jail. We'll yeah. Really? Yeah. He actually spent time in jail for uh, defrauding an older and an elderly woman out of $300,000. Oh my God. And so he spent some time in jail, but everybody was so fascinated with this guy because he had a story that was so out there. Mm -hmm. And it was about, uh, it was about what's his name? The serial killer. uh, What was Ted Bundy? Apparently he interviewed him.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Apparently he interviewed it, which was a complete lie.
1: Oh my God! It was God. all a lie. Yeah. So he was a so, forensic psychologist and everything. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. He. He. He told some wonderful stories, and basically, yeah. he was just a guy who worked at a homeless shelter.
3: Wow. Yeah. Wow.
0: So. Um. Yeah, but really, really, um, he was popular for about four months, and then somebody started doing some backtracking on him. Started somebody that we know, me and AJ, Mm -hmm. um, uh, Kenny Biddle. uh, He started doing some investigations and started looking at his past. And he came out with all this stuff that everything was saying was a complete lie. He even called the school that apparently he attended and they had never heard of him.
3: Oh my God!
2: Yeah,
3: wow. That,
1: they went deep. They went deep. Yeah, went
0: very was... deep. But that's how I met AJ because I yeah. reached out to AJ and told him because they were doing a series with him. Yeah. yeah, and I said to AJ, and I know what AJ thought when I first met he Goes who the oh fuck yeah, who the fuck is this, no, I I was fuck was this guy? I was, all, yeah. I was
1: all for. Yeah, <laughs> who
0: who's this guy telling me all this stuff? Well, yeah, guess I, AJ, <laughs> I guess AJ. I guess. i guess aj started doing some investigating himself and i sent him some mug shots of this guy of him being Mm -hmm. in jail so everything he was talking about was complete lie well it ended up getting around it it spread out like a wildfire Wildfire. that this guy was a complete fake and he left facebook he closed down everything and now disappeared um, yeah. and he's wow, nowhere to be found. Yeah, it's very was, crazy. But that's how I met AJ. Well, so, <laughs> yeah, so
2: something, something good came good. out of it. Yeah. 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 Well, that's good. Uh, well, <laughs> <yeah>. well. <laughs> but, um.
0: but, uh, No, but I again, I really appreciate you taking the time out to come on today. And uh, again, I want to thank everybody that was in the room that asked questions. Um, and you're always a great support when you come into the room. And I appreciate that. So I'm gonna say my goodbyes. We will see everybody next week. Uh we will be doing a reaction video on a video, a reaction video on a video. We'll be doing a well, reaction video. Sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> gonna react on a video. That's we're gonna react I mean. on a video. Yeah. There we go. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
0: I spit that out and it didn't make any sense to me. And I regretted it after I said it. Yeah, you did. You okay. did. I, it. I saw
1: it. But no. But so you,
0: wanted, you want to say your goodbyes, AJ?
1: Yeah, no. I just want to thank everyone so much for watching. Uh, thank you to my aunt who came today. I really appreciate you taking time out with the family um, and coming down. And I uh, just want to say thank you guys. Come check us out tomorrow night. I mean, uh, to Sunday night next week. Wow, tomorrow night. <laughs> Sunday next week at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Parapost Network Central on Facebook. And also check us out on the go on your favorite podcast listening service, whichever one you like. We are on all of them at Crime Documentaries. Just look for the guy, you know, that looks like basically Brian standing next to a bar window.
0: (laughs) Does not
1: look like me at all.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. It looks like Tony Soprano, but still. Yeah. I want to say that we were also on YouTube tonight. So if you want to go over to our YouTube channel and, and give us a follow and a like and share the video if you can. And yeah. uh, we really appreciate um, all of you. And this was a great show. I, I enjoyed every moment of it. And even making fun of AJ a little bit. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's always, always the best part.
0: Yeah, it's always the, the best, best part. part. Yeah, always. <laughs> anyways uh, everyone um again thank you and we'll see you next week ciao everyone
2: Bye. bye